Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to start off with verse 14 and 15. And if you haven't guessed it already, this sermon will be about forgiveness. Actually, a contrast between forgiveness and unforgiveness. Those are two topics. Those are two separate topics. Forgiveness produces one thing in a person's life. And unforgiveness produces something in a person's life. They're extremely important to the Christian doctrine. This is one that must be preached often in the pulpit. Because people forget about the importance of this doctrine, this dogma of forgiveness. It was given to us by Christ Himself. Through Jesus Christ, we are given this instruction on forgiveness. The topic of it. And He covers both sides of the coin as He talks, us, talk, talks to us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. And He says it simply put, just like this. This is what He says. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and ask for your anointing to help us to preach the gospel that you've given to me, Lord, for us today. So you take over and let us hide behind the cross and you speak as your servants are listening. And we ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Let me tell you something about this life. We're all presented with the opportunity to be grudge holders. Anybody know any grudge holders in here? People that like to hold something against someone else and never forgive them of it. Never to release them uh, into forgiveness and never to release themselves from the prison of unforgiveness. Let me tell you, there's two different things going on there. A nice contrast between the two. If you've lived very long upon this land, there's going to be people that has hurt you, who's abandoned you, who's lied about you, and who's done all manner of evil against you in all kinds of ways. And you have to forgive them. Forgiveness, and let me just say this as I've said a hundred times in this church before, forgiveness is an act of your will. It's not an emotion. It's not an emotion. Forgiveness is an act of your will. You have to do it. It releases you from the consequence of unforgiveness and it releases the person from the attitude of unforgiveness that you're holding this towards. You have to forgive. You must forgive. It is healthy living, both physically and definitely spiritually and emotionally. To have unforgiveness and a grudge in your heart is detrimental to you in every single way. You have to forgive. It doesn't mean you have to be chums with the person that you've forgiven. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends with the person that you've forgiven. It just simply means that in all honesty and sincerity, you have to forgive the person and you have to let it go and not listen, not hold it against them in the future. The difference between man and God is this. Man forgives and remembers every single time it's convenient, convenient for them to remember. Whenever it's argument time, we're going to remember that. But when God forgives, He forgets. The Bible says that He forgives us and then casts that memory of your sin and your, and, and your disobedience into a sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered against you anymore. So what this tells me is that God's attitude towards me as a believer is not going to be tainted because of my past 
bad performance. So when I go forward as a Christian and I'm walking with God, God's not judging me and holding anything against me to whoop me down because I've done something bad in the past and He's going to say, man, you've done that before, man. I'm Now you're going to get it again. I'm tired of messing with you. And when it's convenient for God, He just smacks me right in the face with it. No, God says, I throw that all away as far as the east is from the west. So the, the picture of that is, so far from here that even God can't remember it. So that's the difference between God and man. Man forgives and remembers every single thing you've done. That is not true forgiveness. That is not forgiveness. You can't be that way and be a Christian. If a Christian feels this way in their heart, there should be conviction that takes place in this sermon because it is not the word of Pastor Jay. This is the word of Jesus Christ who just said this. If you forgive those. So what, what does forgiveness mean? In Jesus' eyes, it means you forgive them and you forget it. Because that is the nature of God. That is the nature of Christ. To forgive you just as God forgave you. So if we're, if we're comparing forgivenesses here, how does God forgive us? Like I told you, He forgives and He forgets. So you have to be like God is what Jesus is saying to forgive and forget. But people love to hold grudges. God gave me this sermon at least two weeks ago as He was building this in my mind. And this is probably one of the biggest struggles with Christian people that there is because as a Christian person, you are automatically standing against the grain of the world. You're automatically the target of Satan. You're automatically going to get talked about. You're automatically going to get lied on. You're automatically going to get mistreated for your stance in Christ. So you're going to have a lot of issues when it comes to forgiving people who's doing all manner of evil against you, just like happened to Jesus. Jesus told us, He said, if I am going to face all this persecution, and I'm paraphrasing here, you will too. And so what does that mean? Everything that they did to the Lord, you're going to have to do. And everybody quoted with me when Jesus was on the cross because He is fulfilling His Word and He is, he is never contradictive to His Word after they had beaten Him, nailed Him to the cross, bludgeoned Him, lied on Him, went through a false trial and they put Him on the cross. What did He say, Father? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. So if Jesus, after all of that, went through all of that on the cross with the weight of the sins of the world upon him, beaten, bludgeoned, and being killed, and sitting there watching his earthly mother weep for him and his disciples being scattered, if he can say, Father, forgive them, then I think you can for these simple little things that goes on in your life. Amen? Because you think that someone wronged you isn't worse than the cross. Is anything you faced worse than the cross? Then get a grip. Get a grip and let it go. In the name of Jesus, let it go. Release it. Release whoever it is to the freedom of forgiveness. Knowing about this, 
even knowing it hadn't happened yet, knowing this in Matthew chapter 6, that Jesus knew what was going to face him in the mock trials and the people that was going to lie on him. He knew, he knew that his best friends, the people that he was teaching, his disciples, he knew that they would all abandon him. And the one that he was counting on most, Peter, would curse him. Told the disciples, you have to forgive. Jesus fulfilled all the requirements of the law and even of grace when he forgave the people. That was also extremely important that that happened because God forgave us of the most heinous crime that could be committed. Imagine the type of heart of a person that once God has forgiven them of their sins, they will not forgive others that have sinned against them. Imagine the debt of sin that none of us in here could ever pay. You have no value. There's nothing of value enough to have paid the debt of sin against humanity. There's nothing that you own. There's not enough dollars in the world. There's not enough gold and silver and precious stones in this world that could have paid God the sin debt that was owed towards humanity. There was only one thing that was valuable enough to pay the sin debt. And the only thing that was valuable enough was the blood of God Himself. The Son of the living God was the only thing valuable enough to pay the sin debt that was worth enough to cover you. But imagine the heart of the person who, who harbors unforgiveness after God has shown mercy to them. God has an attitude towards that. I'm going to read it to you and it's in parable form. And we're going to exposit this parable a little bit. We're going to dig into it just a little bit. But I want you to understand, Jesus, I wanted to bring to you the statement, if you forgive those that sinned against you, God will forgive you. If you don't, God won't forgive you. Now I want to give you the attitude that God has, the mindset of God to a person who harbors unforgiveness and holds a grudge. Listen. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 25. The idea here is somebody was, somebody was forgiven by God, but he was unwilling to do this for others. Peter came and asked the Lord in verse 21 of Matthew 18, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus said. Seventy times seven. So infinitely you must forgive. It doesn't, it, you're not supposed to keep an Excel spreadsheet in your back pocket with the number of times you've forgiven someone. And then go home and mark it down on your paper and say, okay, 70 times 7. Well, I don't even know the math of that. Somebody, come on. What's 70 times 7? Come on, Rich, bring it. 490. 490. So, so I have to forgive Rich 490 times? Okay. I'm keeping, it, keeping track of that. No, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. It's an infinite amount of times. You never stop forgiving 
Peter said, well, how many times? Showing the fleshly side of himself, the personable side of himself. He said, well, how many times do I have to keep forgiving people that keep sinning against me? Jesus said, every single time. Every single time. You never stop. Because you know why? Because you never stop sinning against God. You never stop. As long as you are wrapped in this flesh and living on planet earth, every single moment, every single day of your life, you're going to be needing forgiveness from God. And if God's good enough to forgive your wretched soul and your wretched flesh, then you're good enough to forgive somebody else. And that's the way it is. There is no other way. Period. Therefore, he says in this parable, let's break this down. This is God's attitude. How many times, Jesus? How many times? We just answered that portion of it. God wants you to infinitely forgive others all the time. Now he goes on to, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. Let me break that down for you. God is a reckoning day with you. And with me. There's a reckoning day coming, folks. This day the king was going to settle his accounts. And let me tell you something. We all owe God more than what we could ever repay. I'm just telling you. We all owe God more than we can pay. And what are you going to face God with on reckoning day? You're going to go with your billfold open and your visa and say, Hey God. I got a $10,000 gold Visa card right here. Got you covered. That isn't going to work. It isn't going to work. There's nothing you can do. Let me break this down further. You could live 100 lifetimes, a thousand lifetimes, a million lifetimes doing good deeds, giving to the poor, being charitable to every person on the earth, being a most wonderful person, and it will not be enough. It can't be paid by human means. So there was a reckoning day coming. You're here on borrowed time. You're here in what God created for you. This all belongs to God and God's going to reckon, have a reckoning day with you on how you handled it and how you handled yourself in this world. Now is the time for salvation. Today is the accepted day to, to, to get things right with God because there's a reckoning day coming. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him, listen, millions of dollars. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody called all my debt today and I had to go pay it, who in here is in a financial shape that they can just pay everything they've ever owed and need? There might be a few of us in here like Rich, who's, who is, his, his name says it all, Rich. There's a reason why a person gets that name, Rich. I think of diamonds and jewels. He's got a fancy white van. <laughs> He's rich. But if God, somebody come to you and said, hey, listen, and there was a debtor's prison and they called your debt and there was no more such thing as credit 
And you had to come up with it? Yeah, we'd all be in jail. We'd be jailbirds, every one of us in here. But this was a debt the man couldn't fathom paying. It was a million dollars. A million dollars? The Scripture says he couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. What this is, what this is telling us, is for the sin debt that's owed, there is consequence to the person who hasn't paid it. There's consequence to the person who hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You will be done away with. Make no mistakes about it. Unforgiveness in the eyes of God has a reckoning day. And when you have shunned the, the Lord Jesus Christ and you have put away the offer of the, of, the, of the payment for your debt, then there's no excuse for that on reckoning day. Everything about the man was going to be imprisoned and sold into slavery. But when the man, it says, but the man fell down before his master and begged him. This is, this is the act of true penance and repentance and forgiveness and sincerity from heart to ask God. He fell down before his master, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. Now imagine that. Let me tell you about being forgiven. What would life be like right now if, if all of your, 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 your the, the folks that you owe money to, if all of them just called you and said, Tom, you're done. We, keep that new car, it's yours. You don't owe a thing on it. Your house, we're done. Fine, you're good. You're, all your credit cards, done. You're, you're, everything's, you're, 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 you owe nothing. I took care of that for you. I covered you. We're done. That's what God has done to your debt of sin in which you could not pay. And let me tell you, debt in this world is nothing compared to eternal debt that will send you to the pit of hell. And there you will stay for eternity, for infinity, never to be released from its consequence. Forgiven. You would think that this man would have been so touched by this. You would have thought that to be forgiven so much debt, that his attitude of gratitude would have been immense. Attitude of gratitude. To know that you've been forgiven. To know that Christ lives in your heart. To know that God is with you. To know that God has blessed you. To take a moment and to look at your life and all the good things that God has given to you and provided for you and put you where you're at. It should create within you a spiritual attitude of gratitude. But for this man it did nothing. 
He was cold-hearted. He was hard-hearted. He was calloused. He wanted forgiveness for himself, but he was not willing to share it with others. But when the man left the king, after this being forgiven, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat and he demanded instant payment. Now isn't that just like somebody who after God has forgiven them, now this is God's attitude towards unforgiveness. God forgives you, then then you want to go to any person and every person that's ever wronged you and grab them by the throat and tear their throat out. Let me tell you, God's mindset towards that. We're about to read it, but He hates a person like that. He has nothing for a person like that. And He will erase all the, all, every, every single thing that you have done will be fully in place and held against you. Never to be forgiven. Because you didn't forgive that man. Now this guy was forgiven of a million dollars, something he could never pay. And for just a few thousand dollars, he goes and grabs this guy by the throat and demands instant payment. Why? He didn't know anything. What was he going to do with that man's money? He was just forgiven all of his debt. So what was he doing? You could see the evil nature of this person. He was forgiven. It wasn't like he needed it right now. Amen? But he was so wicked at heart. And forgiveness did not exist in his heart. He wanted it from God, but he was not willing to share it with others. Listen to this. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. The same that he did with God. Be patient with me and I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Wicked. This is God's attitude towards it. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. I mean, they were probably all talking about it, right? Man, the king forgave this dude. Man, millions of dollars. What an awesome king we have. What an awesome God we have. Christians may say, what an awesome God we have. But when they see you acting in anger, when people see you acting in unforgiveness, when people see you acting like a a hyena waiting, waiting for the kill, very upsetting because people know the nature of God that should be in you they went to the king and told him everything that had happened then the king called the man he had forgiven and said listen this is God's attitude this is God's mindset towards unforgiveness This is what he thinks of you. This is, listen, this is Jesus saying this. 
So don't think he ain't going to say it to you because the scripture says he is God and he changeth not. That is the same yesterday and forever and forever will be. He never changes. So this you can take and put your name right before it. When he says right here, you evil servant, just put your name right there. If you harbor unforgiveness and you're a grudge holder, put your name right there. I'll put my name there to to save anybody some embarrassment. Jay, you evil servant. This is how, you know, we read over this, you evil servant. No. Jay, you evil servant. That's what God says. That's how he says it. After he had forgiven me, and then I go act act like some ravaged wolf out here trying to kill a sheep over the least little thing. Jay, you evil servant. I forgave you the tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Because can I just tell you guys something real quick? I'll guarantee you something. I'll guarantee you something. That most of the time, the stuff that you harbor unforgiveness towards, you've done yourself. Whether it just be in mind or deed. Because the Bible says a man thinks, so is he. You've done it. Maybe you've not done the physical act, but you've done it. And your sin is just as tremendous as the next person's. So you're not a righteous judge to be able to do this. Guarantee you. Most of the things, you know that old saying, and my finger's all crooked. But you know, when we point towards someone, we got three fingers pointing back at us. Mine's kind of pointing to the right because it's jacked up. But my left hand points right back at me. You! Oh, look, there's three more pointing right back at me. Because I'm probably guilty of it in some time in my life too. The very thing that I'm upset with this person over, I've probably done. Can I get an amen? No, all together, real loud like. Yes. God says, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I did you? Listen to this. Listen to this. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be. Now listen. You know the dude that was sent to debtor's prison up here by this guy? It didn't add this word, the word tortured. But this king had the ability to have you tortured in prison to pay your debt. How much torture? Hmm? I don't know. It would probably be pretty extensive for a million bucks. How much torture would you have being imprisoned by God for unforgiveness forever in flames that are eternal. 
The same flame that Noah, that Moses seen upon the mountain that day of Ararat. I'm sorry, in, in the mountains where Moses was at on Mount Sinai. The fire was the type of fire that burned the bush but never consumed it. That is eternal divine fire. The bush was never eaten up by the fire, but yet it was literally on fire. The type of fire that lasts forever has the effects of fire, but doesn't have the effects of, of fire in a way that we understand in this world. It still has the torturous capability of burning you up without consuming you. That, my friends, is the fire of hell. A place of darkness, but a flame. Imagine how torturous it is to just light a lighter and put your finger in the flame for a moment. Imagine that all over you forever and forever and forever and forever. Weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth, the Scripture says, in the lake of fire that burns forever. Man, this kind of preaching needs to be preached more often, Linda. We can't just live lives the way we want to live it and have the Joel Osteen, there's never no daggone consequences for the way you act like a darn fool. Because there is. Listen to this. He said, the angry king said to the man to be put in prison to be tortured until his entire debt was paid. That's, listen, Jesus reiterates this and puts his stamp of godliness on it and says that's what my father will do to you if you for refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart i thank god that i didn't say that that he said that he said that's what he will do to us if you choose not to forgive because there is nothing, 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 nothing in this world that is worse than the cross. There's nothing in this world than having everyone's sin put upon you and nailed to the cross. You ain't going to go through nothing that compares to that. And if God can forgive you of something so terrible as that, then what's wrong with you and me? When we can't forgive people of their sins. So be assured that the sins that we have is more than what we could pay. And there's nothing you can do to pay it. The only thing that will pay your sin debt, the only thing that can clear your name, that can clean your slate and, and make nothing being held against you, the Apostle Paul said it like this, I strive to have a conscience that's clear between me and man and me and God. The only way, the only way you can have a conscience that's clear between you and God and you and man is through forgiveness. Forgiveness. 